I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello, and welcome to another edition of Android Faithful. We are your weekly source of Android news, hardware chit-chat, app-loving, email-answering, and general Android party-having people. I'm Ron Richards, and as with me, as always... It's Quinto Dow in a hat this Ooh, week. Which with you, with in your appropriate title of Queen, which I appreciate, Queen, so welcome, Wynn. Yes. Um, and of course, it wouldn't be Android Faithful without... Michelle well, Ramon. I'm not in a hat, uh, but maybe I might do get one next week. Still we should do a hat night. We should do a hat thing. I mean, I know a it's a Twit party. thing. Twit does a hat thing on the iOS show, but um, with the, but they might have canceled that show. I'm not sure. Oh, I don't want to do any shade. All right. Um, so here we are. I love Twit. Um, we are super excited, though, here on our 15th episode to welcome... Uh, alumni of our former show, All About Android, as far as a guest, one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet in tech, uh, none, other than, none other than Mr. Mobile himself, Michael Fisher. Welcome to the show, Michael. Thank you for having me. I apologize for my echo, but I simply could not get to my sound chamber across town today. So it, it's okay. We, we, we do record. You're on the East Coast like me, so we are in the evening hour. I'm c- keeping you from true. the baseball playoffs or whatever uh, thing du jour that's happening. Oh, oh yeah, that, that's right. <laughs> What what the hell, man? So that's great. Uh, the chat room is reminding me that uh, DTNS has Hat Friday, so I guess hats and tech is okay. So when we can make we can have a Hat Tuesday then. So there we go. All right, it's a Hat yeah. Tuesday. So, which is a great time to remind uh, folks uh, listening or watching after we're live that we do record this show every Tuesday, uh, Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern or Tuesday afternoon, 5 p.m. Pacific if you're on the West Coast. And you can watch it live on YouTube.com slash Daily Tech News Show or Twitch.tv slash Good Day Internet. Thanks to our fine friends at Daily Tech News Show who have uh, given us a new life. Um, and Michael, we're so excited to have you on the new show, man. Uh, it's it's so great. So I'm, I'm very happy to be here. I'm very happy. Happy that y'all are painted new colors and all very. We've all got fancy lower thirds. We've got nice hats. 
I would have brought my hat if I had known it was hat. <laughs> we got yeah. it snuck it in on everybody. We got, we got branding, Michael. We got. I, I feel like you know branding mm-hmm. well, and so hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully I we're do. doing our. Oh, it should be having my, one of my old stained Mr. Mobile coffee mugs on the thing, just <laughs> slurping noisily and the, through the Techtober stress. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to talk grumble, about the grumble, grumble. What's the difference? Uh, right. <laughs> exactly. Um, all right. Well, it's an exciting, exciting week because uh, embargoes are being lifted left and right. We're almost in the clear of this hardware palooza that's been happening all month. Um, so we're excited to get into it. But before, and and Michael, you brought a lot of hardware. I've got hardware. So we're going we're gonna to talk a lot of hardware, but we want to talk about some news first. Um, but before we do, I just do want to remind everybody listening uh, that you can go support us over at patreon.com slash Android Faithful. Um, we actually had a, a influx of new uh, uh, loyal listeners and enthusiasts uh, joining the show uh, via Patreon in the past week, and we love you all. Um, Wynn and Michelle, I was thinking, we I think we might start um, figuring out how to, whoa, what is going on with Wynn's? Did you see that? Whoa. Hey. Whoa. So, that? so um, uh, yeah, audio stream listeners, I made a heart shape with my two hands. And StreamYard is now populating my little. Is it your camera? So hearts come out of your face, but but oh, I just dropped dropped the pixel. It's not working for any of us. That's crazy. Is it? No, I'm using a DSLR. So unless Sony just gave a the bombest as firmware update without me. Are are you on the new iOS? Uh, Not iOS. uh, OS X. Are you on the are you on the latest OS X? Sonoma. Uh, that is a Mac OS Sonoma. thing. That is a Mac OS thing. That oh, is, wow. com- yeah. which I, I saw an article um, again for our, our audio viewers. If you make uh, also like if you do do two thumbs up, when do go like this. Uh, yeah, there we go. There we go. Fireworks behind it. So fireworks happen behind your head. Um, I read an article <laughs> that is making online therapy very challenging. <laughs> Oh my god! I'm sorry. We shouldn't laugh at that, but so it's pretty funny. Okay, but all right. Anyway, sorry for the distraction, especially audio listeners. Go watch the YouTube video. You can see what we're talking about. Uh, Video effects happening on Wynn's camera. But yes, but thank you to everybody that's gone to Patreon.com/slash Android Faithful and signed up. Um, You can sign up at the five dollar level, get access to our Discord um, and uh, all of our exclusive stuff. Our ten dollar level gets you access to the ad free pod, uh, ad free podcast, and twenty dollars a month gets you a T shirt. Um, And we're starting to see people get T shirts in the wild. So send us your pictures. Um, someone shared it on Discord. I didn't get her permission to show it on the show yet. So I'm hoping, uh, Jen, if you ch- are on Discord, check your private messages. And hopefully next week we can show show off uh, the T-shirt. Um, but, but thank you, Jen, for supporting us. And thank you to everybody. And, and Jen was uh, was Android AF, yeah. uh, not just faithful, but Jen was showing off all her new yep. gear. Uh, Very ex- her Pixel 8, her Pixel Watch 2, all in beautiful blade blue. Exciting time of year. Oh, so. yeah. That's the yeah. color. That is a so we're gonna get into all that, but first we got some news to get through. Uh, so Michelle, you got the first story, I believe. Uh, tell us about what's going. What's the latest in Android fourteen? Well, unfortunately for some users who updated to Android fourteen, they discovered that their phone is not quite working properly. So a couple of Pixel six users have taken to Reddit and the Pixel support forums, and they've been complaining about their phone being unable to access like store their storage, anything that's. Um, stored on their phone, like their media files, their photos, their videos, and then frequent crashing is happening as well. And a couple of news outlets picked up on this, like The Verge, Android Authority, which is shown on screen right now if you're watching the video feed. Uh, we don't really know the cause. Like Google hasn't commented. They haven't offered any solution or any like acknowledgement of the issue. But given all the media attention and the severity of this bug, I'm sure they'll pick up on it yeah. soon. And bugs will happen. 
right? I mean, it's it's a thing. Uh, Michael, have you? Are, are you I, I gotta assume you played with Android fourteen at this point, or any? I have. I just completed the upload uh, or the, the the upgrade on my Pixel Fold. Yeah. Uh, after which I was surprised to learn that I had turned 57. That took like two hours. That was a crazily long up, up, update process. Uh, but it, yes, I have played with it to a, to a very limited extent, but there are just too many other things it, going it on. Definitely, it definitely feels to me... So, I, so I've been playing with Android 14 on my, on my Pixel 8... And my Pixel 8 Pro, which we'll show, we'll show in a moment. Um, I haven't done the upgrade on my Pixel 7 yet because um, I currently have too many phones at the moment. Um, but I'm noticing, like, it does feel different. Like, and Wynn and Michelle, I don't know if you're feeling it, but it, it definitely, like, I felt like 13 and 12, it felt somewhat iterative and, like, didn't really feel, like, noticeably different. But 14 does feel different to me, at least on those phones. I don't know if I'm alone there. Michelle, I mean, Michelle, you've been, you've been drowning in this stuff for months now, right? So. <laughs> So here's the thing. Everyone always asks me, like, how is Android 14? How is the new OS version in terms of stability and performance? And I'm like, I don't actually run any of these beta builds on my daily driver. My daily driver is some other device. It's not a pixel running the beta. <laughs> you guys can be the guinea pigs. I'm just reporting on what's new in the OS. <laughs> so do you feel a, a noticeable change with 14? Or? I mean, you're All asking right, fair the wrong well, guy when, What do you think then? Are you... <laughs> Yeah, I, I I I do think so. A lot of the visual changes happened in like 13 and 12, right, with the kind of the much wider yeah. buttons and everything. But I do think that we're benefiting from some of the quality of life improvements, like the share sheet to some extent, like predict, predictive back. I mean, things feel a little bit tighter, I think. Um, and then it, it's weird because I think now before I would have noticed a big difference, but because we talk about this every week and every week, and Michelle is so good about documenting every single little thing that changes in every single QPR, it's like I kind of anticipate things, but it was really funny because I was hanging out with my old Trello fam and everyone was asking same question. What do you think of Android 14? I was like, there's a lot of good stuff. I, I kind of had to play like the role of Michelle yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and kind of go through things. And yeah, I, I, I think there's a lot of very subtle quality of life things. It's hard to put a finger on, but I think things are coming together and it's not just visual. It's just like a, you know, just again, quality of sure. life. So I'd say I'm so. actually pleased you brought this up because I have a question. Um, the Easter egg in Android 14, I, I I have had so much fun with it, but I don't know what it's referencing. Is it is it an old game? Is it a new scratch built game? What, what I haven't that? actually. Oh oh, that's an old. Wait, I've actually I haven't unlocked that yet. Um, how do you how do you actually do that? You do the multi tabs on the 14, and then you press and hold the Android 14 logo until you get into right. this game, which appears to be a spacecraft that you're. Yeah, that's an old late 70s PC game reference. It's. Yeah. Really? Oh, really? Yeah. Fun. I don't know. I haven't know uh, that I've figured out the point yet, but I'm just having a great time cruising around. Yeah, it's um. There, there used to be here. Here we go. I found it here on the thing. There, um, uh, too many windows to open. But yeah, it is a um. Where is it? I saw how many tabs you had open. I wouldn't be able to find uh, yeah, it. It's, it's 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 crazy. <laughs> Mission control here is just is is. Uh, it be. But yeah, so here yeah here's the uh, the Android 14 Easter egg. Um, and it's basically, yeah. So you go into settings and about phone Android version and do the, um, uh, and then you tap the Android version repeatedly at a quick pace. And then you unveil the, uh, the Easter egg, which is this little, very simple game 
um, where it's floating in space. Um, but uh, do, does it vibrate for you when you do it? Like the, the when the, the thing it takes does, off? Yeah, yeah, you press yeah. and hold the logo and it kind of yeah. like, yeah, it gives you a, either a low frequency sound or a little haptic thing yeah. and then it launches you into this. Yeah, this and game. you want to get to the coordinates of zero, zero. It reminds me a lot of the very old late 70s, you know, kind of, um, you know, dot based space games, you know, so. Uh, yeah. Oh, you're navigating for zero, yeah. zero. Yeah, I yeah, see. Yeah, okay, yeah. got so it. That's what you you can actually find multiple bot like planetary bodies by floating around. I don't know exactly how it works, but I know um, the people who made this are heavy space yeah. nerds. That sounds like so much fun. I'm going to be playing with that a lot. I'm just, thank you for educating me a little because I just realized I had just yeah. discovered it. Didn't know anything about it. So, Michelle, there are some good things about Android 14 that are going on, though, right? Yeah. So, a couple of performance related improvements that I haven't talked about before are listed here if you're watching the video feed. Um, Google actually mentioned these as part of their blog post announcing Android 14, but a lot of people didn't really catch it because it was like buried at the top and it wasn't in the draft blog post they sent out the blog. So I just kind of wanted to highlight a couple of things they talked about. One of the major performance-related improvements is the ability to freeze cached apps after a short period of time. So back in Android 11, Google introduced a feature called the Cached Apps Freezer, and this feature stops cache processes from being executed in the background. And uh, by doing so, it reduces their resource usage because uh, misbehaving apps might attempt to execute code while they're being cached. And if you freeze cached apps while they're in the background, you reduce the CPU consumption um, of these apps, and that will increase performance and battery life, ideally. Before Android 14, though, the OS would freeze cached apps after 10 minutes. Now on Android 14, the OS does that after just 10 seconds. And as a result, Google says that during the Android 14 beta process, cache processes consumed up to 50% less CPU cycles compared to Android 13. So it's a significant improvement in the CPU use of cached apps. Uh, Another improvement they did is related to broadcasts. So in development, a broadcast receiver is an Android component that lets apps register to be notified of certain system or app events. So for example, an app can register to be notified when the battery level has changed and they can start a component. They can do some kind of work whenever that happens. Hmm. But Android has kind of been cracking down on when apps can receive um, these broadcasts so that, you know, there's not 20 different apps receiving the same broadcast every minute and then clogging up your resources in the background. So one of the new restrictions they're doing in Android 14 is that if an app is cached, they won't receive context registered broadcasts until they leave the cache state. And this will just slightly improve battery life and memory use. And then Google says that because of the first and second improvement I just mentioned, that they're able to increase the longstanding limit on the maximum number of cached apps in Android 14, which results in a reduction in cold app starts that scales by the amount of RAM present on the device. So before Android 14, um, I believe there was a limit of, I think, I forgot how much what the number was, but now they increased the maximum number of cached apps to 1,024, which is effectively unlimited. I think it was a really small number, like 32 before in Android 13. And um, because of this, you can run, you can have way more apps that are cached and ready to be relaunched from memory. And so um, Google says that if you have a device with 8 gigabyte of RAM, um, they saw 20% fewer cold app starts versus on devices with 12 gigabyte or higher RAM, it was over 30% fewer. And this is good because starting an app from memory is much less resource intensive than starting it from scratch, like loading it into the disk and then loading everything that it needs to run. Uh, 
Which is why you should spam close all your apps all the time. Yeah, yeah that's why Google tells you. Because it's like yeah. the old Windows mentality of like, if I close the program, then I'm going to free up memory, right? And it's actually, right. that, that if, yeah. if there's anything we, you learn from this episode, everyone, don't do that, right? Like, let your apps yeah. run. A- Android does not need your help managing its memory. Leave it alone. <laughs> let it do its thing. So. All right. So Sorry, Michelle. Yeah, and there was one more um, related improvement that Google will probably expand on later, but they say that the latest version of the Android runtime, which they modularized in Android 12 and made it updatable, um, they're saying that this new version includes optimizations that reduce code size by an average of 9.3% without impacting performance. And so by reducing the amount of code that the Android runtime has to interpret, um, this results in better memory and storage use. And uh, Dave Burke did an AMA on Reddit, they included some additional details on how this works. They said that, you know, an average phone can have 500 to 500 megabytes to one gigabyte of optimized code um, through these changes. So this translates to a 50 to 100 megabyte savings in, I guess, memory use. Great. This is kind of a big deal. There's a lot, there's like a whole subset of tools in Android development that are like, it's called ProGuard. It's basically allowing you to strip out any code uh, in, you know, the different like toolkits and stuff that you don't need. And it's complicated. And one person usually gets the shaft and has to do it. And they're not, they don't have a happy life. And so any, and and like to, to the point you guys made earlier is that a lot of times the best thing that we can do is to just let Android do its thing and not you know, break the rules, which is hard because the rules change on us. But yes, this is this is a big deal and it's a big help and it'll put less pressure on that one poor person who has to edit the program file. Yeah. So. All right. Cool. Well, thank you, Michelle. Um, and then we got a couple of little little, little minor OS tidbits uh, when, right? Uh, yeah. So speaking of OSs, nothing. We, ha- we have something about <laughs> nothing to talk about. Is that right? Is that <laughs> it's low hanging fruit the, there? The, the, brand, the brand name that keeps on winning. So, <laughs> nothing OS two point five, which is based on Android fourteen, is actually being uh, kind of uh, released as a beta. Um, if you go to nothing community, you can sign up for the current open beta. And yeah, nothing OS two point five is based on Android fourteen, and it actually adds a few extra little, you know, something, somethings on top of the Android 14 goodness that we're all kind of like thinking about and having subconscious good feelings about. Um, better nothing widgets, uh, a new photo widget for displaying selected photos on your home screen or lock screen, a new more advanced screenshot editor and menu, a nothingified back gesture. I couldn't see any <laughs> screenshots of it, but it, 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 it fits the design of nothing much more. Uh, there's a three swipe gesture for screenshots. Woo. Uh, so many times I've had really awkward m- times trying to catch something on a screenshot. <laughs> the gesture would be nice. Um, customization of the power button double press. You can have hidden app icons. So I wanted to compare it to like the Steam library hidden section. So if you want to just put like some apps away for another day, uh, but still have them fairly easily accessible or accessible, uh, nothing has that for you in 2.5. Redesign joint home screen and lock screen customization and a glass filter to add a little zhuzh to your favorite wallpapers. And yeah, I, I, I do think this is interesting in that when we first started talking about like the Nothing Phone 1 and updates, I think Carl Pay got a little bit of flack on Twix because at the time, I think everyone was wondering when Android 13 came out, like so August last year. There was a bit of lag time between Android 13 coming out and knowing even if nothing would get some Android 13 version. And I know like the first tweet he gave out was a little, I don't want to say dismissive, but like 
kind of like, well, what, what, why do the numbers matter, man? And then at some point later, I think February this year, Nothing One got a Android 13 flavored version. And there was a really, you know, in-depth interview with, I think, Android Authority. Is that right? Um, basically about why this all happened, you know, and, and what happened. And, and he admitted, hey, Android 13 is late. So, I mean, props to nothing for really just raising the bar this year and getting out at least a beta of an Android 14 flavored nothing OS. And that was his, what, like two weeks his, later? Yeah, his classic response of back in 2022, <laughs> a product is more than just its specs, features, and version numbers. So like nothing nothing yeah. was elevating over the version number of Android, um, which is, you know, rarefied air. I don't know. Michael, what, what is your take on nothing in general on the phone too? Have you, did you get to play with it or... I did. Yeah, I covered it, actually. And I was really pleasantly surprised because uh, I didn't even do a full video on the first one. But the second one came around, I did a full review. And I was very pleased that in addition to some really distinctive hardware, uh, which I always advocate that people can use fun as a criteria for buying yep. a phone, that doesn't all have to be pragmatic, here, here. Yep. Um, that the software had been tuned to match it finally in a way that the first one that they just didn't do at all almost. So the more I used the software on nothing phone Two, the more I found it just such design catnip. I had so much fun. I, I think it looks so nice and it has all these little fun corners in it. And I'm really happy that they appear to be keeping up pretty well uh, with uh, improvements to that as the underlying platform gets upgraded. Yeah. So credit to them, build a foldable, but you know, See Credit Seems like that's table stakes now is having a foldable, but we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll get into that in a little <laughs> bit actually, me. but uh, yeah. yeah. So, all right. Yeah. Well, um, if you wanted, if you want fun and you're thinking about Xiaomi, we might have to wait to see what their newly announced hyper OS might look like. We have no idea, but basically on October 16th, Xiaomi founder and CEO announced on both we Weibo and Twix that there will be a new Xiaomi operating system called hyper OS. And this OS will eventually replace me UI it will debut on the Xiaomi 14 series, which, you know, has recently been leaked and is rumored to be using, you know, the upcoming Snapdragon 8 Gen 3. We have no idea what this looks like yet, but presumably it will look less like iOS because that has been a, at least as I understand it, a complaint from many an Android user about, you know, uh, me UI over the years. It's a little bit iOS-y and it should run more well this is this is um this is jay uh sorry sorry this is the ceo slash founder's words in that hyper os will be will have hyper performance fluidity and connectivity across smartphones and aiot and it has a completely new rewritten architecture and hyper os won't be exclusive to china it will be released to phones outside of that market and the global hyper os rom will roll out in 2024 so yeah i mean it basically seems like just trying to make things better stronger faster and uh, i mean i i've read a lot of criticism i i have not been much of a xiaomi user at all i only just got my first xiaomi phone because michelle sent me one so i don't have a lot of experience with uh me ui but I don't know. How do you all that have Xiaomi experience feel about the criticisms about it being intrusive and heavy? Does this excite you? Well, are you are you as are you as excited about this as Lei June is uh, in this photo in this yeah. photo here on posted on X? Uh, how Very excited he is the whole great thing. shot. Uh, yeah, is this, is this is this worth a note, I, Michelle? What do you think? I think it really depends on how different HyperOS actually is and how much of this is just marketing speak because <laughs> yeah. it really feels like this is all laden right now with lip marketing speak and it's. Yeah. How do we know it's not just a rebranding of MIUI? That's what it probably yeah. feels like right now. 
Yep. Right. Yeah, I think the proof is going to be in the pudding on this one. We got to got to check it out. I wasn't offended by me me UI uh, when I did the Mixfold two review last year, but it's you know it's it's just not optimized for this market. I think that will continue to be the case as long as Xiaomi can't really sell here. Yeah. So I will say HyperO from a marketing standpoint from my background in marketing and product hyper os is a much better name than me ui like it is i can never figure out how to like, say it yeah, I look up my we, yeah it's just me too me we me we me i like me um, but hyper os is like that's got excitement it's got energy like like i'll, I'll give them i'll give them a check mark for at least you know getting better marketing going um Hyped for the hyper. Does yeah. does does MIUI have the right chevrons? I, I this is not this is not MIUI, but I think was it Ron? You yeah. posted something from I think was it Oxygen yeah, OS. Somebody posted somebody posted yeah. on Threads. Here I'll share it. Um, they comparing uh, Oxygen OS to iOS side by side, and this is and they're not the first pe- person to do this, um, but it's kind of uncanny when you look at it um, in terms of the setting screen. Uh, so oh, this, yeah. so on our for our video viewers, it's a side by side of an iPhone and a uh, OnePlus running Oxygen, and on the left is the settings screen of iOS, which is you know stacked vertical. It says settings, got a search bar, information about the user, and then Wi-Fi, you know, airplane mode, and then another section, and then Oxygen OS is, I mean, it's a carbon copy. Right, like the the only different the only difference yeah. is that iOS is using square icons on the left for Wi-Fi and Bluetooth, and Oxygen OS is using circular icons. But other than, other than that, it, it like at quick glance, like these are both iOS, right? Yeah, um, I, I make fun of the right Chevron because for as long as I've been an Android dev, which is like since 11 and uh, 2011, 2012 now, when we very often get get designs with that very character, characteristic like right arrow, right carrot uh, on list items, which is not a thing in Android. It is we have we have to do extra work to make that happen. And it's, um, it's, I, I, what so, did I say? Wait, I said like, I kind of just to yeah. back it up though. So by right Chevron, you mean it's the little, like the greater carrot, greater than little... symbol that when you tap yes, it you. moves you to the right you know to kind of yes. slide over right so. not a not an not an android pattern yeah. and that, but i've been doing it since 2011 it's still yeah. happening so, so yep. Yeah. So, Ron, yeah. I don't know if you yeah, saw this it, news, yeah. but the resemblance to iOS 14, uh, to iOS, doesn't end there. Um, <laughs> the wait, for us also added a dynamic island. Oh, no. <laughs> of course. Oh, my gosh. Yep. No. Naturally. So, yeah. So you don't want to be left out of that. Fun. Now, now that, that said, I mean, like, none of this surprises <laughs> me, right? Because if you're like, if you're no. OnePlus, are you, are you no. going after Pixel and Samsung users or are you going after iPhone users? Right? Like, wouldn't it make sense to, to make your phone look iOS y to, to bring them over? Well, that was always. You want to ease a transition. Yeah. Yeah. That was Huawei's, um, not excuse, explanation. We, we would just year after year be like, thanks for showing us this new EMUI or whatever. It looks a lot like the iPhone. That's annoying. Why are you doing that? And they're like, yeah, well, we were trying to get iPhone users. Yeah. So we want to make it easier for them to understand. I'm like, all right, fair yeah. enough. I wish you wouldn't, yep. but fair enough. Crazy. All right. Well, last bit of news I just wanted to mention because I think it's relevant because we're talking a lot about hardware and we're talking a lot about operating systems. We don't often talk about carriers. And I thought it was really interesting that the folks at uh, at, at uh, Ookla, who do the speed test website, uh, recently put out a report after comparing T-Mobile, Verizon, and AT&T and basically doing a side-by-side speed report. 
um, in terms of like access and data transfer and things like that. And T-Mobile, and this is per gsmarina.com, uh, T-Mobile annihilates Verizon and AT&T in those new, new speed reports. Um, they ran, they basically checked for median download speeds. And in a comparison, um, you know, the median download speed on T-Mobile was uh, over 163 Mbps's. What is that? Is that megabits per second? Or I, can, I never get that right, but um, good number. Whereas Verizon was at 75 and AT&T was at 72. Um, and then they, you know, looked at 5G median download speeds, and T-Mobile was at 221, Verizon 153, and AT&T 101, which really makes me kind of weep for anybody who's an AT&T customer. I feel really bad for you. Um, but uh, they also uh, identified which uh, devices had the best speeds, um, and unfortunately, uh, the iPhone 15 Pro and Pro Max topped the charts of having the best uh, download and upload speeds uh, on mobile networks, followed by the Samsung Galaxy S23 Ultra and the Samsung Galaxy Z Fold 4, and then in fifth place was the Pixel 7 Pro. Um, obviously, this is done before the 8 came out. Um, so I just always think that's interesting. I'm a T-Mobile customer. I love the data speeds there. I will say that T-Mobile has continuously, though, suffered in... Um, when you go inside a building more so than Verizon or, or mm. AT&T. I, and I found this out last night. I was at a comedy show that was underneath the, the theater, underneath MTV in Times Square. I don't know if anybody's familiar in New York City, the, uh, 1515 Broadway or whatever it is. There's a, it's called the Palladium at Times Square. But like you go, da- you go oh, down yeah. an escalator, then you go down another escalator, and then you're in this theater. I had no coverage. Like I was completely cut off from the world because T-Mobile just cannot penetrate. And this runs in like I go to the Bowery Ballroom in New York City. I can't get – if I'm up by the stage, like deep in the club, I can't – I have no service. Like the, it, it's always been – T-Mobile thing, penetrating walls especially at nightclubs seems to be a problem <laughs> i love your very specific and, and, and concrete data points sure yeah well, like you just speak yeah. from experience so yeah but this is what every carrier discussion turns into right like whether you're on a podcast whether you're talking to your grandmother or so it's like well now there's down in the grocery store in the in the, in the eighth aisle i can get reception with at&t but my friend so i i could give you a whole essay on why i think verizon's pivot to millimeter wave was one of the worst things ever to, to still today, I will have a Verizon phone that doesn't work right because it's trying to go between millimeter wave and low band and it's not working. Meanwhile, my T-Mobile phone is doing fine, but I'm just so glad people are out there reporting it. So I don't have to, yep. because uh, I t- yeah. that, that just it seems like very unforgiving work yep. to get those. That's for sure. Phones. But if you're on T-Mobile, go download because you got, you got good speeds. So, all right. And before all we wrap right. up the news, when. Oh. Yeah, we got the patron pick. So every week on Monday, we we post three stories for our lovely patrons who we adore for their support, get to look at and pick which particular story we get to we get to talk about this week. And it was kind of a landslide. Um, I'll talk about the other two first. We did have 18% of patrons pick formerly blacklisted by the US O film supplies Huawei. I thought that might be interesting because we've been talking about the the you know interestingness of Huawei lately. Um and no one, I mean a few people did really care, but not enough about threads adding an edit button. I sympathize. <laughs> Wondering how people really did care about the edit button, but not too many. Because the vast majority, 78%, wanted us to talk about Google Camera removing Photosphere mode. So, yes, we don't get to play Taps just yet. Oh, but I was about know, to the, click it. Oh, all right, fine. It, it, it's almost. It's, it's almost <laughs> and I, I think I think some one of our patrons commented that they, they can still see it. Though this is only on, 
Pixel camera version 9.1, which is only on the Pixel 8 and Pixel 8 Pro, but it has been removed. And I didn't real I didn't remember until reading this article, but Photosphere was out in 2012 on the Nexus 4. So it's a very long-lived feature. If you happen to not remember, it's that feature where you can basically create a 360 panorama by taking a series of photos, kind of lining up to a grid, and you get basically your own personal spherical Google Street View type you know, image. Um, and yeah, it looks like it's going to go away. Google Camera 9.1 is still just on, you know, the new Pixel 8. So once that gets unleashed upon the rest of us, I guess we'll see the end of Photosphere. So we'll play tabs, I guess, when, I don't know, it happens, but almost or on life support by Google, uh, impending impending downfall about to shuffle I, you, off the You've got to assume there's Google. some level of user data that they have that says nobody's using this. I don't know. I mean, anybody on, yeah. I mean, Michael, when was the last time you made a Photosphere? I, I remember doing it six months ago, and I specifically posted about it because I'd forgotten the feature existed. I'm like, guys, remember we can do this? This is pretty cool. <laughs> but, you know, you can see the stitch lines. It was like very obviously a 2012 technology still right. you know, kind of limping along, it felt like. Yeah, I wonder with all the new advanced computational photography with like swapping and magic editor, it just doesn't – it's just a relic. It's like the sad – this. Yeah. It's something rude. It's like this <laughs> – Never mind. I was something mean, but yeah, it just doesn't fit the new polished, very AI driven experience. So gotta go. Yep. Sorry. All right. Sorry, Photosphere. Well, so our, our almost RIP Photosphere. We'll keep it. If you use Photosphere, email almost. us. Uh, let us know what you think. You can email us at contact at androidfaithful.com. Send us your Photospheres. We'll show them on the show. Um, but yeah, it'll be nice. <laughs> <Yeah. Aww. laughs> cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. So um, cool. All right. Well, that's going to get us into hardware because now is the moment that everyone's been waiting for. I know like I, it's funny because, because we do the show weekly, 
um, when they do these embargo dates lifting, they don't really affect us. So like everybody got to show off their pixel phones last week when the embargo lifted. And I'm like, Oh, I've got to wait till Tuesday. Um, but here we are. Um, you know, now we're a couple of weeks out from the made by Google event. Um, and Google was very, very kind enough to, uh, share with me and Michael, it seems, uh, the Pixel, my light is, but I've got the Pixel 8 Pro <laughs> and the uh, Pixel 8 itself, um, as well as uh, the Pixel Watch 2, um, which is pretty good. Um, nice. So yeah, so I've been, I've, been, I've been operating with the Pixel 8 Pro as my daily driver since I got it. Um, and some of my just kind of, uh, my, and, and here you see my son, my background photo. Um, but yeah, some of my um, immediate kind of, um, uh, you know, kind of, uh, feeling about it was that I like, this is great. It's been delightful to use. Um, I was on a pixel seven previously. I didn't have the pixel seven pro. I wanted the pixel seven cause I liked the smaller phone and I did the balance between the Pixel 7 and the Pixel, uh, I'm sorry, Pixel 8 and the Pixel 8 Pro. And the Pixel 8 is, is smaller than the Pixel 7. Like it comes in and it, and it felt smaller. And while the Pixel 8 Pro obviously is the bigger of the two phones, it felt more akin to the size of the Pixel 7 in my hand than the, than the new Pixel 8. So that's why I went with this as the daily driver. Um, in terms of hardware and 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 you know kind of phone feel as we like to say, um, they did send me a case. They sent me a very nice uh, blue case to put in the back of it if I wanted to. Um, but everybody knows me; I don't do cases. Um, so I've been going. I've been going. Saying, how do you feel about that, Michael? You agree? What, what is your? What, yeah, big, big agree. Right? Yeah, yeah. Write them. Take them naked. Right. These are meant to be shown. Yeah. I want people to see the the Absolutely. blue colorway and like and and the do not obscure the yeah, hardware. The cool stuff. Yeah. Um, but uh, it feels great. I know there's been a lot of talk about the that the the Pixel Eight line is is more roundy uh, corners than previously. But I, I, you know, it's got a good pocket feel. It's got a good uh, you know in and out of the pocket. And then when I'm holding the phone, I've put it through its paces. I've taken it to to see bands play. I took it to that that comedy show last night. I took it around New York Comic Con last weekend. Um, I, I can show some photos in a, in a in a second. But overall, just in terms of how the phone feels, it feels good. But it's obviously like we see, it's not a huge departure from the Pixel 7 line, right? I mean, Michael, how, how's your kind of, you know, uh, physical feel been with the Pixel? Yeah, from a hardware standpoint, you know, I'm always a little bit disappointed if a design gets recycled more than two generations, but we're we're kind of plateauing, yeah. we're maturing, and it, it's a great design. I mean, I love the increased symmetry in the camera bar and all that kind of stuff. But I agree with you. One thing that I, that I kept coming back to as you hold it, and tell me if you feel this way, it's 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 got such a unique material feel that glass i always have to check to reconfirm that it is glass because it almost feels like a uh, like a chalkboard that someone it mostly erased yeah. you know it's almost like slippery in an otherworldly kind of what's way what's also but what i way. found nice is that like it does feel slippery in that otherworldly way that kind of that 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 sums it up nicely but the spot where the google logo is right and and it's right you know <laughs> yeah. um has just got a little, uh, just a little enough of a definition where you can trace the G. And I find myself yes. kind of, you know, fidgety doing that like throughout the day, like in my pocket and stuff like that, because that little tactile, that back. tactile touch is enough, right? Yeah. So. See, I, I want, I want a little bit more of it. I wish it was a textured G, but I think that's, I just have never gotten over the loss of the Motorola dimple yep. from the Moto X yep. days. Yep. So, uh, so yeah. in, 
but good yeah, hardware. great hardware in terms of use you know it's running android 14 like i said earlier in the show i'm feeling the difference with android 14 um everything i gotta say this was probably the best phone transfer experience i've had yet um you, yes it would like unlike your android 14 install michael it did not take a, a dog's age to have, have happened no um it sure it was shockingly how fast my phone got set up you know like and not, not having to plug in a usb cable just put the phone next to the old phone and it did it and had my wallpaper had all my stuff you know like um honestly it was one of the fastest kind of onboarding experience i've had um and then using it as my daily driver has just been really nice but it's not like I'm not going to make any groundbreaking review here because it's running Android. It's on the Pixel. Like it felt comfortable. It just felt like the next generation. Um, not too much change, but just enough to you know make me want to play with the AI wallpapers and like do like the other kind of bells and whistles. But overall, it feels great. You know. Um, that said, I did compare the Pixel Pixel Eight and the Pixel Eight Pro camera wise. And can confirm that the Pixel 8 Pro camera and the whole camera setup and stuff like that are phenomenal. And I'll show some photos here in a second. Um, whereas the Pixel 8 normal just felt like flat camera wise. Like, it, as we all know, they didn't really dramatically, you know, make any changes to the Pixel 8. Um, but the Pixel 8 Pro was noticeable. So, like I mentioned, I went to New York Comic Con and here's our f f uh, good friend, the friendly neighborhood Spider Man and his buddy Miles Morales. Um, that was shot with portrait mode. Um, and you see, I got somebody's head uh, in the lower portion for our video viewers. It's a picture of Spider Man. Um, but I was able to use Magic Racer and I got rid of that head that, that, and it came out great. Like, yeah, really, wow, really, nice. really cool. Um, I also I ran outside and wanted to take a couple pictures of the lovely Empire State Building, and so you know that was just a standard photo at regular regular camera mode, one x no zoom, and then I started zooming in right. I went to two x, um, and then to five x, and then I said, let me zoom as far as zoom in as much as I can, um, and you know it's. You got some artifacting going on. It's a little blurry. I'm, I'm standing on 8th Avenue and 34th Street, so I'm a couple blocks away from the Empire State Building. But looking at the difference between looking at this on a computer screen versus looking at it on your phone, the phone-wise, it looks great. It looks crisp, and it looks like, wow, I zoomed all the way into the Empire State Building. Um, and that's not something previously that I haven't played that much with. I mean, Michael, what what has been your kind of camera experience with the, with the Pixel? Uh, tainted. Yeah is the answer no. to that. No, not because it's bad. I'm not disappointed. It's just that I happen to be shooting side by side with um, a phone. I, I'm not allowed to talk about yeah. And I was stunned to find that this other device outperformed at night in telephoto. And I am excited to be able to talk about that someday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, it's, it's not a, it's not a good sample, yeah. but uh, you know, I do expect, and also I only have the pro, I don't have the, the, the yeah. mini. So, you know, I've kind of, Got got biased results anyway. And it's funny. It's, it's funny I, that you say that it's yeah, called the mini because that's essentially what it is, right? Like, yeah. So right, yeah. but you don't want to brand it the mini because no one wants to buy a right. mini. I guess that's a lesson HTC and Samsung learned forever exactly. ago. But um, you know, I I will say that I miss the days when at Pixel events when we we're talking about the camera. You know, it was less about the AI, and it was well, it was less about AI as we know it today. And you had when Mark Lavoie was still with the company, you know, you had a company talking about its inspiration artistically for the kind of color science it was applying to photographs. And with, you know, other companies kind of take the shortcut to it now where they get a, a partnership with, um, you know, I don't know, Leica yep. or Hasselblad. And there are all kinds of things to talk about with that, but we don't have time for, but at least 
there's still a conversation about what kind of personality does this camera have, if that yeah. makes sense. And I feel like the Pixel, for all its AI uh, trickery, which is fun, uh, it's, it just feels a little bit more um, not sedentary, not sanitary, uh, antiseptic okay. than it did before. Yeah, a little sa- yeah. yeah safe is right. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So. Ron, I wanted to ask you something. Uh, the Verge, they published an editorial that said the Pixel 8 camera is almost the perfect camera for parents. How do you feel about that? Fat, the 8 or the 8 Pro? I, I don't remember exactly which one. It's, I think they said I, both. Or maybe, yeah, I mean, I will say Pro. the 8 Pro, and I, I closed the window with the pictures, but I, I did take some pictures of my kids. I can pull it up. Um, I, yeah, I saw that article too, I th- I, and I thought that was interesting, and it did make me chuckle being a parent. Um, and I, I, I know a lot of it is the we, and we talked about it on the show last week is the whole best take thing, where you know because yeah. part of the the biggest challenge is getting your kids to actually smile and um, that sort of thing. But um, uh, <laughs> I, you know, I have found that I am getting more good photos with portrait mode with the kids than previously um, uh, with the, with the eight pro. And I'm just chalking that up to it's the better camera than the pixel seven when I was using previously. Um, and uh, here I'm pulling up, I'm, I'm vamping as I pull up some pictures of them so you can see it. But um, yeah, here we go. We went pumpkin picking um, and I can show you that in a moment. Um, I lost the window. There it is. Um, I did like, I did talk to my sister about this, about the, and I explained to her how face swap and everything works. And I have a two year old niece who's awesome, but she also runs around and my sister kind of, and everyone's different, but she kind of was on where we are like, it's, it's nice, but also there's an authentic authenticity that's being lost when you swap yeah. and over edit. So I- or not I have not done any face swap uh, photos, as you see. I should do this with my daughter as she's climbing into the pumpkin. But um, you know, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, but the, you know, these were kind of quick snaps at the pumpkin patch, you know, with the kids with the movement, and it's capturing it, it's capturing the moment, you know, like feeling pretty good about, you know, my daughter rode a pony, um, you know, and and you know, and then I had, when she stopped, I did the portrait mode where you get the bouquet effect and all that sort of stuff to to see it. It's been it's been positive. I I, I definitely have felt a difference over the seven standard. Um, I can't speak as if, if the eight versus the eight pro is better for parents or not, just because I found the eight phone. I just found the eight, eight to be less, which is what it is. It's less all around and not in a bad way, which, you know, and, mm-hmm. and I know we're running out of time. I want to quickly kind of, you know, wrap up my review here. Overall, I think that this is a good iteration uh, of the pixel line. I, I, I think for the first time, I think in a while, you know, historically, I'm like, ah, eh, if you want to save money, you don't need the pro. Just get the regular one or whatever. But I actually, I think this time around, would recommend the pro, even with the higher price tag, with the thousand dollar flagship price tag. But if you get a deal with your a trade in or a deal with your carrier, and you pay, like, I feel like it, there's enough bells and whistles and there's enough stuff in the eight pro in order for it to make it worth the uh, the purchase. Um, from my by the way, on that note, um, I delayed on getting my Pixel because I wanted to wait for the holidays, but then I got reattracted because of trade in. Um, if you were hoping for that Pixel Watch Two freebie with your Pixel Pixel Eight Pro, that ended, uh, which is now yesterday, October sixteenth. So. Can't get uh, it on Amazon or Google Store no more. Far. So if you're like me and regretting that, I guess just wait for the holidays now to really kind of get some money yeah. back on your Pixel 8 Pro purchase. But that being said, I might still get one anyway because yeah. going to Japan. Well, so the other note to it is I got the Pixel Watch 2. And as everybody knows, my experience with Michael, I don't know if I, we talked about this, but I got the Pixel Watch 1 no. and returned it uh, within two weeks of getting it because <laughs> I just thought Wear OS wasn't there. The software wasn't there. All, all yeah, I want to do is sure. go running without taking my phone and be able to listen to podcasts while I run. And it was a God awful experience. Um, n- how, how, 
Did you, I, I did. Did you? Did you? Did you I did. So I, I installed Pocket Casts. I geared up and went for a run the first week, and I got a chance to do it. I'm happy to report that I had a much better experience with the Pixel One. Um, I still give it a B plus because I had lots of. Um, I feel like the interface for I use Adidas running as my app, and then I also was using Fitbit because it's on there. And the number of times I stopped to stretch or something, and it just ended my run. Whereas I'm like, no, yeah. I'm pause the run. Like, and it has a pause function, and it was the kind of thing like, the, and it's all software. This is what it comes down to. Like the Adidas app, if I move the phone if i move the watch away from the context of the adidas app if i go to another app it thinks the run is over and when i go back it's like start a new run so like as opposed to having one five mile run in my log i had like three 1.4 mile you know like and that just got frustrating but give it a b plus um i will say i you know installed the pocket cast downloaded podcast link you know connected my bluetooth my my nothing ear sticks to it went running i was out for maybe an hour and the battery went from 100 percent to 22 percent in that time of that span of that run um which is crazy but then that monday i wore it to work and i went two days without having to charge it so you know, balance, right? It depends on how you're using it. If I know I'm going to go run, I know I'm using very network intensive stuff. It's going to drain the battery. I throw it back on the charger. It charges up like that because the battery is tiny. Um, so it's not too bad. The fact that it made it two days without a charge and like commuting and like going through my day to day kind of stuff felt great. Um, my coworker said the, the band looks awful. They're like, the watch looks cool, but that band looks awful. And I'm like, yep. <laughs> What's the official color colorway on that? Yeah, flesh? yeah, well, this one this one is gray. The, the, the lighting on my thing, but it's oh. the gray side. Um, the yeah. band I got the same band. But yeah, the in. band that the, the the band that the watch came with doesn't fit my wrist. Um, so I'm happy that Google sent a second band that this one was bigger and was able to fit my wrist. So like, if I bought the watch off the shelf, I wouldn't be able to wear it. I you had to buy the extra band. Um, and now I'm probably going to buy another band that's kind of more aesthetically pleasing to my, my, my mind. But, um, <laughs> but I give the pixel watch to a B plus. I'm going to keep it. I'm going to stick with it. Uh, I'm going to use it for my runs and I'm going to wear it daily and try to get back in the watch game. So there you are. So. Um, cool. And then Michael, you got the buds, right? Um, I didn't get the buds. So. I did. As I understand it, the Buds hardware is identical. Right? It's all so software, right, Michelle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I got to say that. So what is funny is I got I saw these Buds way before they were released because we got at I.O., I think, we got a, a little design tour, and these were kind of sitting out, and I was like, is that do you, do you guys make blue pixel buds? And they were like, uh, well, you know, uh, stay tuned. <laughs> like, oh, okay, cool. Well, that's right. But I, I do love that they they have a bay colorway. Um, and I, you know, was one of the folks who reviewed the pixel buds the first generation, and they worked wonderfully for like three days, and then I had nothing but problems with them, and that was a big disappointment. So when this these revised ones came out, I immediately fell in love with them. I have almost nothing bad to say about them. I can't say I've used any of the new features, but man, these are fantastic. So the only way I can figure out to cover all these products that were just announced is to do them together because none of them independently is different enough to warrant its own thing. So um, I'm so happy that I get to kind of put these in my ears for for 10 days because they are truly some of my favorite buds on the market. I think they may be my favorite product from the year so far. No, I mean... Pixel fold yeah. aside. Pixel Sorry. fold. Beautiful. Wonderful. Um, 
Yeah. So on. cool. All right. Well, so yeah, so Google unveiled a bunch of pixel stuff. I'll do some more deep dive stuff as we're going through, but I might be changing my daily driver soon. We'll talk about that a little later on, probably next week or so. Um, but for now it's the pixel eight pro. Um, so I'm excited, but Michelle with the pixel, there was actually some software implications, right? Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm going to switch around the order Go of the story it. first because both of you mentioned that um, this, uh, the setup process was very seamless for you. And I'm curious if you encountered the eSIM transfer tool that um, a couple of users saw when they were setting up their device. So um, if you are on T-Mobile and you transfer your backup from a Pixel from a previous Pixel phone, uh, you may have seen a transfer T-Mobile SIM card option. And this lets you transfer the eSIM from your previous Pixel phone to your new Pixel 8. And, um, you know, eSIM for reviewers is one of the most annoying things to deal with because, like, you know, if you're transferring phones, your next phone may not even have eSIM or it may not support the carriers or, you know, whatever. There's no way to properly transfer the profile. But um, this tool, if you're going from a previous Pixel phone to a new Pixel phone, will let you easily transfer that T-Mobile eSIM from your old phone to your new phone, which will take a lot of hassle out. Because I did, I did get this, Michelle, and I scarily, I, I, okay, I got good. freaked out and said skip, and I just moved on because I, I don't have the, I, I, uh, I I'm like, I don't have because I was, I was trying to set up the phone quickly because like we we're gonna go somewhere, and I was like, ah, I don't want to figure this out. Okay, skip, and so I did skip it. <laughs> uh, cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm really hoping more carriers support this thing, and this works between uh, device brands because right now it's a mess. Like I, I refuse. To switch my primary sim to an eSIM until you know this is all that was out. that's why I freaked out and said skip because I didn't want to like screw it up and then and you know yeah exactly so but it seems like it's going in the right direction right yes so, slowly, slowly but it is good nowhere to go but up <laughs> sure. speaking of going in the right direction um, one of the features that was heavily rumored before the Pixel 8's launch is the capability to um, send video out over the USB C port. And uh, when Google launched the Pixel 8, they flat out denied that this was a feature. They told multiple outlets, this is not a thing. But after some digging, I figured out, I confirmed that, yes, it is a thing. And it is supported on the Pixel 8. And this is the first Pixel phone to support display output over the USB-C port. Right now, it's disabled by default. You have to root your phone and send this command that I document in this post to enable it. But it is there. And that suggests that Google could enable it in a future over-the-air update. And the implications for this are pretty massive because this means that we could finally be, Google might finally be working on a major revamp to desktop mode, which we've seen hints in in the Android 13 and 14 QPR betas. Um, We don't know when they might launch this. If they ever do, it could be maybe next year, Android 15, and they might just be waiting for that to launch or maybe the launch of their, maybe their AR partnership with Samsung before they enable display output because you know, besides connecting to an external monitor and using it as a desktop device, you can also connect phones to AR glasses and you know output apps and things like that. If you if you're familiar with like the uh, the Nreal or Xreal glasses, the Real Kid, um, a lot those kind of devices are getting pop are getting more and more. Yeah, those are those the display so the, those displays having, that Juan uh, Juan Bagnell came on and shared with us back in August. Yeah, yeah, yeah he yeah, talked exactly, a lot yeah, about yeah, those. Yep, so. And we were like, it's a shame that Pixel doesn't support display out because that means you can't use them with those glasses. Hmm. But now that the Pixel 8 does support it, you know, eventually you will be able to use it with those glasses if Google decides to. I love that you it. found it and you have to root it in order to do it, but it's there. Like that's so cool. And like, and and if anything, for us, for tech, you know, podcasters or streamers, like this makes it a lot easier to hook your phone up and show it on a display for a live stream or something like that in, in our environment. So I would love to have that. Yeah. Oh yeah. So. 
And uh, what else, Michelle? There's one more. And this is pretty much a one sentence <laughs> article. Google camera is now called pixel camera on the play store. So they literally just renamed the Google camera app to pixel camera to reflect what we already knew. The, the camera app on pixel phones is exclusive to pixel phones. Yeah. And it plays into our conversation <laughs> last week with flow where they seem like they're, they're really emphasizing pixel over Android or over like the general space. Yeah. So, so, all right, cool. Um, but that's not all the hard we have because Michael, you've got some cool stuff to talk about, right? Yes, I do. Yes, yes. you do. <laughs> Michael, would you would you say that you? I mean, like on the show, we definitely are foldable faithful as well as Android faithful. Would you yeah. would you consider yourself foldable faithful as well? I am foldable exclusive. I have been since January 2020. Yeah, I've not I've not carried a phone that doesn't have a hinge willingly since that time. So yeah, I'm a bit uh, obsessive about it. It's weird when I sit in my desk at my office. I'm, I'm literally surrounded by well, foldables. I, I, Michael, I'll give you. I'll disturbing. give you all the the credit. Your Pixel Fold review gave me the context to explain foldables to other people. And just like the one line when oh. I watch your when I watch your video, and you're just like, I get it. It's a digital moleskin. I have used that. I've yeah. lifted that lines to so many people that when I'm explaining, when they're like, why? And I was like, you got to watch this review. This guy says it, but basically it's a, and the, as soon as I say that, you see the light bulb go off and people kind of go, oh yeah. yeah. All right. I guarantee you that was, you know, I, I'm sure I wasn't the first to say it, but if, if I was the loudest to say it, it was, it's, it's a good <laughs> thing. So I th- thank you. I'm, yeah, I, I think it's, uh, it's one of the challenges to foldables is that trying to describe it to people in a succinct way. Yep. And I'm not good at not being verbose. So, yep. yeah, good. Short well, Something that does kind of require a bit of explanation is hinge technology. And, Michael, you are also, I believe, I think it's fair to call you a hinge scholar by now. Like, not just, I mean, I'm still trying. Still trying. Yeah. Well, you, you've released a couple of videos about the hinge. And I think you actually had a very special video come out recently for a very special very recently released phone. Can you tell I, I did indeed. Yeah. yeah. I have to be c- careful to only, uh, to only talk about what I'm allowed to talk about. Cause so everything Fair. that was in that video, um, I, back in August, I was invited to Shenzhen to see where OnePlus essentially constructs and tests the OnePlus open the new foldable that is launching soon. And, uh, my, f- the hinge portion of this video was lovely. They literally brought out a container full of components, uh, specifically 69 components because they have reduced that from a hundred. They're very proud of that. Um, and, uh, I got to see every moving part of the OnePlus open and ask anything I wanted about any one of those components, including little things like, all right, so when I open the thing and pose it, you know, like at different angles, where does that friction come from? Where does that like, where is, what's what is a cam? Where, where are the springs? Do you put oil on these things? You know, all these little things. And it was such a, such a wonderfully mechanical tactile experience to be able to touch um, what, a hinge that's now effectively in its third generation. Because if you look at the thing, it is patently obvious that they have just collaborated with Oppo, you know, across the hallway <laughs> And and it, it evolved this Oppo Find N hinge technology to something else, but my absolute favorite was going to the durability testing, the, the kind of the the torture test. Have you all ever? I mean, y'all been in the business for a long time. Have you you guys visited one of these places? Because we're not always allowed to post about. I, I've it. never visited one. Um, so no. Yeah, I actually, I talked about it in uh, my Samsung. After Samsung unpacked, they, they took us on a tour. So they took you to to the one that so yeah I wasn't allowed to talk about yeah it. <laughs> oh <laughs> um 
but so it was so refreshing to be able to visit a place and not only talk about it, but film it. And to see these phones, it's amazing what happens when you're right next to it. And there's this tumbling barrel test we're seeing right now on the screen where phones are loaded in and they drop a full meter onto a steel plate. And four of them at once doing this. And they're just slamming into this metal over and over. And, you know, I'm standing there with two of my PR friends and we're all just kind of cringing as hard as we can because it's the most unpleasant (laughs) thing, you know. But it's cool. It's cool to see what kind of testing goes into making a phone durable enough to withstand everyday life. I mean, what I also like is the, the the technology it takes to design a machine to pick up a foldable phone and drop it. Right? Yeah. Like like like, yeah. like the the technology itself of making the phone and being able to do it, but then also to test it in this rigorous kind of way. That's a whole nother and like we're looking here at, at your video, uh, which is up on your YouTube channel, and like there are little little robot devices that just press the buttons over and over again. And like every physical aspect of the phone is get is getting put through the ringer. Right. Thousands of times. I and mean, here's the bud test. This is my favorite. My, my oh, my gosh. <laughs> so I think so, it's they're technically called the soft pressure test. So so yeah, they stick the phone in a pocket on a denim, like, seesaw <laughs> and just run a, a pencil eraser into it over and over again to simulate sitting on it. I'm 12. I like. I just like calling it the bud test. <laughs> the bud test, yeah. <laughs> but the, the next one is, is the really awful one, the tw- like, a, like a torque test, where it's actually like – uh, yes. the one right after the butt test. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. That's just what right. it's called. Sorry. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Uh, yeah. They, I think they call it the, the twist test actually. And the, yeah, they apply a certain amount of force to a phone that's clamped in between two vices that are then rotated in opposite Jeez. directions. It's, it's horrifying. It's like taffy, yeah. but you know, they, they do that. What? I don't know how many times I say it in the video. There are so many figures, facts and figures in the video. Like 500 but, or something crazy. Yeah. Like I forgot. Sounds like, right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, um just, just, just so cool to see. Not just, again, not just a phone, but a foldable phone, which we've all been, you know, maybe rightly, maybe not conditioned to expect is going to fail if you look at it wrong. Yeah. Uh, and and to see them tested so rigorously was certainly very heartening. Which is, a, I'm sure, the reason OnePlus was happy to let me film yeah. it because I want to get the message out that this is a well-tested phone. It certainly. I will give them credit. Sorry, I, Michelle, I gotta- go for you. I got a quick question for you, Michael. Yeah. So you're, you're 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 very very familiar with using foldables for years now. Yeah. But as like the average consumer, will might see a foldable and think this thing is fragile as heck. You know, even if they're not aware of the the amount of testing that goes on with it, how long do you think it'll take people to come to terms with that they don't have to baby the device because it's it's it should be able to withstand what they're showing off on these in these tests, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I think that that will kind of, um, that'll start to change when the spontaneous failures that I see on Reddit a lot go away. Something happens, you know, it's like I've carried foldables for so long. I throw them around. I'm terrible to them, but intentionally, because I like to see what the edge of the envelope is, right? Have I broken a, a foldable display by throwing it accidentally? I have. Um, but most of the time it, it's not a result of abuse like that. It's somebody wakes up one morning, they open their phone and it's black or it's broken because the display spontaneously failed due to some cause that is not well understood by anyone that I'm aware of, Uh, you know, outside the industry and no one inside the industry will talk about it. So I think once those spontaneous failures go away and you people see more of them out in public, especially as we start seeing lower cost foldables out in public, you know, it'll just seep into the public consciousness that, Hey, you know, these are these are not any more fragile, really, yeah. than uh, than a slab phone. 
Oh, speaking of lower cost foldables, uh, we like not just book foldables. Well, oh, sorry, before go you go there, just real quick, before we move on. Yeah. So the OnePlus Open is real. It is happening. I know we've been like talking about leaks and like all this stuff, but like I was going to say, I want to give OnePlus credit. I feel like they've been handling this rollout very interestingly in that it's been like drawn out over the last month and we're getting drips and drabs, mm -hmm. but we're finally going to see everything. They have an event this Thursday, October 19th at 10 a.m. Eastern time where they are going to unveil the OnePlus Open, right? And we'll see it all in its full glory. And uh, Michael, I know you're limited to what you can say, but it is more than just a hinge, right? So, <laughs> God, yeah. I, did, I wasn't exactly sure if I could say that at the end of my video. I was like, listen, literally the stuff they brought me to China to show me is I'm I'm – I'm interested in other stuff even right. more so that and, I'm not allowed to talk about. So I yeah. can't wait. I can't wait to exchange and, notes. Yeah, you're, and you're not, okay. I was going to say, you're not alone in not being able to talk about it because uh, at least two people two people on the show are very excited to talk about it, and we will go deep on the OnePlus Open next week on next week's show after the embargo lifts. So Cannot wait to yeah. listen to that. And <laughs> so now, when the, the, your, your, your wonderful so transition thing. <laughs> it's okay. Sorry. It's okay. We forgot to mention the event, um, which is ironic that it's the Open, and they're not being quite open about details yet. But yeah, so we we do like us also some more affordable foldables, and usually those are flippables. And actually, um, Michael, looking at your channel, I was actually really charmed. We're not going to talk about this tonight, but that you do have a video on the Techno Phantom V Flip, which we talked about a little bit. We had Techno yeah. pop up for a bit, and we were celebrating the super foldable, uh, super affordable foldables. Affoldables? Affoldables? Affoldables. But there's another <laughs> flippable that we would love to talk to you about. And it's kind of funny because I feel like we just talked about the Oppo Find N2 like not too long ago, but now. Oh, yeah. What, Michael Fisher, what is that you have in your hand? What could that possibly wait, be? Who? Wait, wait. We, we were <laughs> sure which foldable. Did you want to talk about the Find N3? <laughs> yeah, I was like, wait, which, I've got them all. I told you I'm surrounded. <laughs> so, which which I, one are we talking about? <laughs> we, we, I think tonight we're talking about the Find N3 flip. Correct. First. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, yeah, yes. Right. Uh, and and I, somebody, I was on a podcast earlier and somebody reminded me that this just, I just reviewed this five days ago. It feels like it was two weeks mm -hmm. ago. Uh, but yes, this is a, a wonderful little weirdo. Does anybody else have it? I don't. Or, right no. now. I think nobody else cares besides me. That's not true. Um, we but, care. <laughs> <laughs> The the delightful thing about the Find N3 flip is that Oppo released the Find N2 flip less than a year ago. This is an eight months later sequel. So w why do you do that? Well, you do it if you're going to stick another camera on there. Somebody tells me I'm wrong about this, that Huawei was the first to stick a third camera on a flip phone, but I don't care because it doesn't run Google services, <laughs> so it doesn't matter to me. Uh, so this is, for all intents and purposes, the, the first flip phone with a uh, proper telephoto camera. It's only 2X. They say they built it for portraits more than, you know, actual long range shots. And it's, it is just delightful to use for all the reasons we were talking about earlier about cameras with personalities and things like that. Like I'm, I was so bummed out when they said it was only 2X and then I'm shooting with it with these Hasselblad color filters. And I'm like, Actually, these are really beautiful photos to get out of a smartphone. Oh, my God. Um, and the rest of it is just this bizarrely iterative device. And they didn't change the one thing they needed to change, which was to let you run any app you want on the cover screen. You can't do that. That's the, that, that continues that, to be the challenge. The cover screen. Uh, give us give us freedom for the cover screen. That's what we keep asking for. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know. Oppo is like the best positioned to offer it because they have a screen with the right aspect ratio. It's a little Unihertz Jelly 2 on the cover. <laughs> but it, it, they say 
they've kind of nudged, winked me when I bothered them about it. And they said, you know, we're working on it. Yeah. So, okay. All right. So, so we just need to take the Motorola Razor soft, like front cut front screen software and stick it on the Oppo N3 maybe, and then add in the Z flip Four hand camera, like, like window camera thing or something. Absolutely. Yeah. Actually, uh, Michelle, remind me to bother you the next time we're able to talk. I would love to know how difficult it could possibly be to just say, tell a phone, hey, you can run the entire phone out on the cover when the phone is closed. Like, I, I know things are harder than they seem. It just doesn't. If Motorola and Samsung could do it, I know Oppo can do it. I'd be shocked if there wasn't some way to just, you know, hack your way to doing that. A cover screen yeah. OS, which I always forget about. Yeah. 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 Um, and, and it's, I think it's interesting because it's like knowing the relationship between OnePlus and Oppo. And if, if OnePlus is coming out with the OnePlus Open, which is like a book fold style, is the Oppo Find N3, is this a tease for what we could see from a OnePlus flip, you know, yeah, right? Because it's got a switch. It's got an yeah. alert slider yeah. on it. Like it, this is this wants to be a one plus yep. phone for the yeah. US. Bring it here. Yes. <laughs> well, we will see. We will see. That's very cool. So, but then you had another. You had another flippable, right? <laughs> I did. <laughs> this is the one I thought we were going to. Sorry. Yes. A uh, very different use case. The, we're calling it the Razor Minus. Quite unkindly. Sorry. I think they're calling it what they're calling it the Razor Twenty uh, Gen Three or the Twenty Twenty Three. That's what they're calling it. Yeah. Well, that's not yeah, confusing yeah, in the exactly. slightest. Yeah. 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 Well, so in the states, it's confusing because in the states, it's the Motorola Razor, right. just period, and then overseas, it's the Razor Forty, right. as opposed to the Razor Forty Ultra. Mm. Um, but the the thing is, this is a very compelling phone for one reason. And that is that it is a $600 foldable. I mean, that's crazy to say. Yep. Right? Remember when the Flip 3 came out from Samsung not that long ago and it was $999? We all lost our mind because that was finally below $1,000. <laughs> And we're already at five ninety nine with the. And I got to tell you, I, I in the aforementioned earlier when we showed my kids at the pumpkin patch, I, I, I saw not one but two people with flip phones, just normal people out on the island using the flip phones and like and and like and like in the wild. And I got all excited. My wife just she's like, can just like can you just focus on parenting? Well, I'm like, no, but there's people with flip phones. In the world. You know, like I've and I've been seeing more folds. On the subway in New York City, I've been seeing a lot more. But the flip and the and and even like I was at I was at New York Comic Con. One of my coworkers, who's from uh, for, not from New York City, who I don't see her often. She like took her phone out. and She had the flip, and I was like, "Oh, you have a I'm like you have the flip." She's like, "Oh, I love it." And like, I, I th the foldable revolution is coming. I really think it is. And so, yeah, yeah, I see the fold in airports and on airplanes, and I see the flip on on the yeah. streets, like New York City, especially. especially so. Yeah. Well, Michael, yeah. it's always great to have the hardware parade that you bring. So thank you so much for that. Um, yeah. So good, Thanks good for stuff. having me. Well, we, we still got yeah, a couple more things. Yeah, I know we're running along. We're going to try to wrap it up. Um, we did have one apps thing that Wynn, I know you wanted to talk about, right? Yeah. So YouTube, um, it kind of, you know, starting a while ago has been doing this whole big redesign. Well, they just released a set of three dozen new features. And there's some stuff in there that I I, I just really wanted to talk about as a as a as a um complete YouTube addict. I cannot basically go a day without watching YouTube at least two hours a day. Uh, that probably says a lot more about me than anything else. Um, but yeah, part of these uh, three dozen features is stable volume, which will reduce jar jarring differences in volume. So if you've ever been like me or my husband and play a video and wondering why this part is really loud and this part's really quiet, hopefully this new stable volume, which by the way, in the new release will be on by default, will help you there. And if you, for some reason, just want to go back to the natural sounding mix or the original mix, however that 
creator wanted that to be done or unintendedly did, uh, you can go to the settings gear and go to additional settings and toggle that on. Um, they're adding a whole bunch of gestures for different things. Like you could easily um, actually hold and press to two X through a video. And then as soon as you release, you can, you know, uh, the, the video returns to one X speed. So that allows you to much more conveniently, you know, scrub through a video and find the part that you want. And, um, Oh, Kind of apropos to earlier when I surprised myself by giving, you know, by activating, you know, Mac, Mac OS X Sonoma's heart thing. Um, when a creator asks you to like and subscribe and smash that button and ring the bell and yada yada, um, the like and share button will act, the like and subscribe button will actually sparkle now in app just to kind of highlight, you know, the actions that the creator wants you to take. So look for that. Um, and they're also, once you smash that button, you're going to get more animation. So basically bringing more delight, uh, to the party. So Michael, um, as a, as a, as what could be considered a YouTuber, are you excited for a little, little oh, more sure. delight when people smash that like button? <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually much more excited about the volume equalization thing because I, it, the, the, the truest guilt I've ever felt in my life is when a bunch of commenters say like, RIP headphone users at like 755. And I'm like, oh, I did script the sound. I'm so sorry. <laughs> we never hate. We just want to, you know, the hear, but the yeah. hearing just, yeah. you know, no, I understand. totally understand. Exactly. Mix, uh, <laughs> equalizing is hard. Um, and oh, and, and another thing is that you are going to be able to search YouTube via singing, humming, or playing a clip. A similar search functionality is coming to the main Google search app. But hey, if you're just on YouTube and you want, you want to find your current jam, but you, just don't know the name of it, you can do all of the above for various different, you know, more audio related ways of searching YouTube. So that is coming soon. And yeah, more redesigns to smart TVs to make it easier to access all the, the nice things you get on on the app and a new you section, uh, which is basically just more of like you specific stuff like your history and, and, and previously viewed videos all in one place. So yeah, anyway, go update your YouTube to app and enjoy all those things. Uh, and hey, if you have not yet subscribed or liked uh, Michael Fisher, Mr. Mobile, maybe you could try out the new functionality yeah. by, you know, watching one of his videos. Make the button. that subscribe button. That, See that how that works. <laughs> Thanks, Smash man. that like button. <laughs> all right. We're in the home stretch. Um, want to get, uh, get, we had so much email. I want to read, I want to read at least one email on the show and then we'll wrap up because uh, Michael, I know you got to get back to your life and we appreciate you giving us some time. Um, but okay. last week yeah. we were talking about Android Auto and we're asking for people for their experience. Um, and so many people wrote in at contact at androidfaithful.com to let us know. I wanted to share uh, at least one of them this week, but we got more. We might do more email next week, actually, because hopefully next week is a quiet week. But this first email comes in uh, and it says, Hi, Wynn, Michelle and Ron and Flo, even if she uses an iPhone in her Subaru. Um, Five-time Subaru owner here. Here's the setup in my 2019 Crosstrek, but I use the exact same setup in my wife's 2014 Forester. Android phone sits on a magnetic charging mount high up on the dash. Phone is connected to the car via Bluetooth. Phone screen handles navigation, Waze, of course, and notifications of phone calls, navigation, audio, and media, media are handled through the Subaru infotainment system. Hey G works to control navigation, notifications, and messaging. Steering wheel controls handle volume, fast forward and rewind. Play pause is on the infotainment screen, or I use Hey G, and phone is always charged, no wires. 
Android Auto didn't last five minutes compared to this setup. Uh, and he did share a photo, and this came from Scott. Thank you, Scott. He did share a photo, and he's, he asked if we can find the two to three Easter eggs in the photo, which I do like that there are not two Easter eggs or three Easter eggs. There's two to three, so it leaves it open <laughs> out there. But he did share a uh, nightmarish photo of his dashboard, um, which as another Subaru owner, I mean, if this works for you, this is great. Um, and But, yeah, you see the, the Subaru infotainment system driving his media where he's using his phone mounted uh, on the dashboard for or any sort of, uh, you know, for navigational ways and all the stuff that he outlined there. And at least one Easter egg there is the fact that um, he's listening to the show, which is fantastic. Thank you for listening to Android Faithful. The, so. Is the address a thing? I like looked. On, it's like Hatch Road. I don't know what that might be. Yeah. Like, let, me, let me go full screen on this. It's a lost uh, yeah. reference. Is it, it is. is it a lost? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, yeah, I was trying to look at like what the numbers were and like what what his mileage was. Like I got really into the uh, into the um, uh, Easter egg hunt. Huh? Yeah, but uh, so anybody watching the video show, go go to youtubecom techniques show watch the video show check this out see if you can find the easter eggs there's more than one just the fact that he's listening to us um maybe scott will write in and let us know yeah and scott i'm i'm rocking a 2019 cross track so i'm gonna try this thanks dude and a (laughs) quick shout out to scott for abbreviating hey g you know just in the email so just in case one of us accidentally triggers you know the naughty naughty word we're not supposed to say (laughs) bravo bravo so All right, so uh, email us at contact at, FM, uh, at contact at, I did it, contact at androidfaithful.com. <laughs> Muscle memory is a real thing, everyone. It really is. Um, email us at contact at androidfaithful.com. We want to hear from you about everything. Michael Fisher, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate you giving us some of your time. Um, why don't, if people are interested in your wares, where can people find you? Uh, yeah, uh, YouTube is at the Mr. Mobile, T H E M R M O B I L E, and if you want to talk on social media, it's a little bit easier these days to do that on Threads, where I post at Captain Two Phones. It's Captain the Number Two Phones. You can find uh, the Mr. Mobile on Threads as well, but it's just a I just tweet headlines from that. So Captain Two Phones. On so threads. is Threads your preferred uh, platform of choice these days, or? You know, it became that really. I, 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 I'm still on X. I hate even having to say it. Um, I, I'm, I'm kind of in the process yeah. of, of transferring my flag to threats. Interesting. All right. Fascinating. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know if you noticed, but Wynn has coined uh, referring to it as Twix. Twix. Yeah. See, that's nice. See, that's even that's the, it takes some of the edge <laughs> off. <laughs> I would, I would like no. All right, excellent. Uh, well, thank you, Michael. We love your content. Uh, love having. It. Hope you hope you come you. back. Uh, we'll talk fun hardware stuff. It'll be good. So, I look forward to that. Thank yes. you so much. Uh, so, Michelle, where can people find you? You can follow me on Twix at Michelle Ramon. I'm also on Acidon at Michelle Ramon. Same username. And I'm also on Patreon at Michelle Ramon. And if you want to follow me and support me um, to do more of the work that I do, you can also join my Discord server if you support me on Patreon. And so, yeah, there's all different platforms that I'm on, way too many to list. It's honestly, I don't know how I keep up with it, but it's a, it's a thing that happens. <laughs> say threads. You're on threads too, Michelle. I know it. Oh, yes. I, did, I, I did say threads. threads. Yes, I'm on, I am on threads. <laughs> I'm on WeChat. I'm on WhatsApp. I want to give Michelle credit because on... he's very good at, at, at spreading his stuff out there. Because as we're, as we're yeah. organizing the show, he's sending me like his post on X, his post on threads, this post on over here. Like it's, it's like on Reddit. It's like, it's you, you are, you're, you're playing a zone defense or, or offense. And I respect it, Michelle. Like, your game is good. So I'm hedging all my uh, bets. Right. That's right. Uh, so when, where can folks find you? 
Yeah, you can find me at randomlytyping.com. I am an Android developer. That is my day job, although I'm a little independent right now. Uh, and I've been doing this since 2011. And something else I have been doing is giving talks. So if you are interested in developer Android stuff, you can find my talks related code and video there. My talk from DroidCon New York, which I did just uh, a month ago is finally up and you can see what it's like when I have literally no sleep, a lot of coffee and a lot of Jetpack and Pose to talk about. It's it's a it's a combination. I can't say if it's good or not, but if you're curious, uh, it's up there. And um, yeah, you, uh, uh, a video stream listeners can actually see the link. But um, yeah, go to my website and I have everything that I've ever done listed. Yeah, you're talking. It's up on so, droidcon.com. Uh, you can find it there uh, to watch the video. Yeah. which is I'm um, definitely going to watch and it. And I am also on. Oh, it, it's, I was non literally no sleep, <laughs> like no sleep whatsoever. My brain had not done that switch thing. So who knows what I actually said. Um, and yeah, I'm also on things at Queen Code Monkey. Queen Code Monkey is usually me. And if you're on a mas- Mastodon Fediverse type person, Queen Code me, Queen Code Monkey at Mastodon.social. Right on. And you can follow me at Ronxo on all on Twi- Twix, Mastodon, Threads. Michael, I'm on there. Although I got, I just got to post more. I just, I'm very busy. It's very tiring. Um, you get out what you put into it. Instagram is my has been my go to. I'm Ronxo on Instagram. That's where you can see my pictures of food and bands and uh, and uh, fun, fun stuff like that. But also, uh, I slipped earlier and said the email address for my other for my former podcast. Um, but I want to give a plug for them. Go to ifanboy.com uh, and check them out if you like comic books because uh, they slash we just celebrated our 900th episode um, and did it with a epic four hour live stream where they took questions from the audience and I may have dropped in for the last two hours of the show. Um, so if you want to see me with my old, my OG podcast pals, um, you can go check that out at ifanboy.com. The video was a lot of fun. Um, and it was, I was in a hotel room in New York city, very tired, like when, um, so yeah, so check that out. Uh, 900 episodes is no small feat. Um, and, uh, and now when is throwing thumbs up at us, which is, uh, <laughs> in bubbles which is crazy so um excellent all right well that's gonna wrap us up for this week thanks to michael fisher for joining us uh this podcast publishes every tuesday uh evening and you can listen to it wherever you listen to your podcasts um and of course we stream live on youtube and twitch every week uh thanks to daily tech news show uh and yeah we're back here every tuesday talking android so we'll see you next time at android faithful Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.